Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Nick Hutchison about how he helps others supercharge their impact. Nick is the author of Rise of the Reader, Strategies for Mastering Your Reading Habits and Applying What You Learn, and founder of BookThinkers, a growing seven-figure digital marketing agency that serves mission-driven authors. At the age of 20, Nick discovered the world of personal development and quickly used the books he was reading to improve every aspect of his personal and professional life. Now, Nick has dedicated his life to helping millions of readers take action on the information they learn and rise to their potential. Nick's podcast, Book Thinkers, Life-Changing Books, features captivating interviews with world-class authors such as Grant Cardone, Lewis Howes, and Alex Harmozy. During the insightful discussions, Nick delves into the pages of their books, uncovering practical and transformative takeaways for his motivated audience. Welcome, Nick. Hi, Virginia. Well, thank you very much. Can I ask you a question to kick things off? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite book of all time? Mm. (laughs) I don't know. My first answer. Well, I had a few things going through my mind. One, I don't necessarily have one. And two, it would be scriptural based. That's fine. I I always say the Bible is my favorite personal development book. So, (laughs) (laughs) right. We, I'm reading that one right now and we're studying the New Testament. And it's really fun because I'm getting like into more of the life of Paul and like understanding what he did, like Ephesians and stuff. And so, yeah, it's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. So you have had... I guess more really cool things happen in your life than a lot of people that are twice your age. How did you get to where you are? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm 29 years young, but if you include <laughs> all of the books behind me, I'm thousands of years old, right? Because these books, they condense decades of somebody else's lived experience and life lessons into days of consumption. So yeah, I think it's a cheat code. I think that if you can read and implement these books effectively, You can solve every problem in your life and you can develop every skill that you want to develop. And so I think that's probably why I only started reading about 10 years ago, but I've read 500 of these books now. And uh, so to me, that's thousands of years of wisdom all kind of packed into my last 10 years. Right. That's cool. So do you actually physically read the book cover to cover or like there are some programs out there that kind of give you the cliff notes ideas? How do you consume? I'm definitely not a fan of the Cliff Notes uh, versions of reading, but my reading style has changed over time. I think when I first started reading personal development style books, business, philosophy, psychology, I would read every word of every page front to back, and that counted as a book, right? And I had a goal, 52 books, 80 books, whatever. And that's what I was optimizing for. But over time, I realized that I was optimizing for the wrong thing because the number of books you read oftentimes is a vanity metric. What you're really trying to do is solve problems and develop skills. And so I started to change the way that I read. I don't speed read or like blow through summaries or anything like that, but I will put a bad book down. Uh, I will stop reading a book once I've implemented enough from it. And so, yeah, there's, there's no right way to do it. Things change so much for me. So a book that you stop reading because you feel like you've implemented enough, how far through has the shortest book been? Like the least 
through it. Does that make sense what I'm trying to ask? It does. Yeah, okay. that's a great question. I'll give you an example recently. So there's a popular book in the world of business right now called $100 Million Leads by Alex Hormozzi. It's a book on lead generation for business. And what I like to do is set an intention for each book that I read. So I don't read aimlessly. I'll set a SMART goal, something that is specific, measurable, attainable, relevant to my life, so I'm emotionally connected to it, and time-oriented. So my goal for the book is find and implement at least two lead generation strategies for my business by the end of October, for instance. And like right in the beginning of that book, I found a few things that I know I'm not doing in my business. And so I implemented them and I haven't revisited the book. Uh, I actually started it in September. I haven't revisited the book yet, but I'm not that far in. I'm probably only like 20 or 30 pages in. (laughs) So I think uh, rather than finishing the book and being overwhelmed by the amount of information I could implement. I just chose to take action on on what I had learned so far, if that makes sense. That's pretty cool, though, because like you said, like there's I guess there's a couple books or a couple ways books are done where they just give you that all of that information really fast, like you had just shared with us, or they take a really long time to get there. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. And, uh, you know, there's also that idea you're always three feet from gold. So, like, I don't want to put down a book just because I haven't found something in the very beginning, because it might be the next page where, like, your entire life changes. So there's an interesting way to think about this, like, for anybody that needs a rule, which is the rule of 100. So you take the number 100, you subtract your age. So I mentioned I'm 29. The result is 71. And I have to read 71 pages before I can put a book down. And what that does is it forces you to read enough of the book to determine whether or not it's going to be a good fit for you. The older you get, so let's say I was 50, I would only have to read 50 pages because I've become wiser, I've become older, I'm more (laughs) experienced. And But when you're first starting out, you're only 20, you have to read 80 pages. So I don't know if it actually makes much of a difference, but I will say it's nice to have a rule if somebody in the audience is like, I need a rule, you know, how do I know enough is enough? (laughs) Yes. So how do you find time to do all of this? I, when people tell me they don't have time, I love to ask the following question. If I paid you $10,000 to read a book by the end of the month, do you think you could do it? And everybody's like, well, I could read five. (laughs) And so it's not a question of whether or not we have time. It's a question of whether or not we value reading enough to prioritize it. So I'll I'll put that out there. <laughs> Let's say we do prioritize it. I think in as little as 15 minutes, twice a day, you can read 25 books a year. So here's the math. If you're just starting out, 15 minutes of reading in the morning is roughly 10 pages. You do that twice a day. So you replace a little bit of social media in the morning and a little bit of Netflix in the evening. Not the whole thing, just a little bit with reading a personal development book. It's 30 minutes a day. It's 20 pages a day, 20 pages, five days a week, Monday through Friday. That's a hundred pages a week. Most of these books are only 200, 250 pages max. So if you're reading 200 pages every two weeks, that's a book every two weeks. That's 26 books, 25 books over the next 12 months, just by replacing a little bit of social media in the morning and a little bit of Netflix in the evening with a great book. And 
like I said, I'm not a robot. I still watch TV. I still have a good time. But it's like a little bit of those activities get subtracted because in the long term, they're ultimately meaningless. And a little bit of like serving my future self by reading a good book gets inserted instead. And magic happens that way. So have you made your mama proud by reading, turning into a reader? (laughs) I'd say so. I mean, when I was growing up, I was definitely not a reader. I was more of the (laughs) athlete stereotype, not much of the academic but uh, yeah, it's, it is my personality now. That and international travel, those are like my two things. Well, you have time on the airplane then. <laughs> yeah, reading on airplanes is my favorite place to read because you're sort of, you're locked into a small space. There aren't too many other alternatives. And so I do get a lot of reading done on airplanes. I worked as a medic in the oil field. And so I was in some pretty remote locations. And a lot of the other guys that I worked with they would just watch movies all day. And I just took books and I read and read and read and read. And I tried to watch one movie once and it was so hard for me to get through. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not much of a movie person either. So in the oil field, are you talking like Alaskan oil fields? Northern Alberta. Northern so close. Alberta. Close <laughs> enough. Yeah. Yeah. It gets cold up there. I was just I was just in Anchorage, Alaska a couple of weeks ago working with an author who serves uh people oil field workers so that's why i was asking okay yeah this one time i was working up in fort mcmurray and i left there that morning and it was minus 22 fahrenheit so minus 30 celsius and i flew into california and it was like plus 30 celsius so it would be 86 fahrenheit and i was still wearing my winter jacket because i was cold (laughs) oh yeah crazy difference So you serve two different types of people, right? You serve the consumers, the readers, and then you serve those who write. Yes. Yes. So how do you get in front of those people? Is it like the same principles with both audiences or avatars? Well, when I first started posting about the books that I was reading, I was targeting readers. So I was looking to network with like-minded people. I was looking for book recommendations, collaboration, like to meet people. And then the authors sort of inserted themselves in this organically. I, the first successful form of monetization for my business book thinkers came not from readers, but from authors, authors would DM me and they'd say, Hey, I'd like to pay you for a book review. Can you review my book for your readers, right? To sell books. And I, I had I had had a couple of failed attempts at monetizing my my audience of readers. And then all of a sudden I realized like, although I'm creating content for readers, it's authors who want me to create content about their stuff. So yeah, it's I'm serving both audiences, I think, by creating the same type of content, if that makes sense. But yeah, the bills are paid today by the authors and, um, (laughs) you know, but the impact that I'm creating and that I feel through the feedback and in my community comes from the readers. So yeah, it's a little bit of both. So how do you get in front of the readers? What are you doing to get out there? Well, most of, so we do about a million impressions a month on Instagram and I'm just reading and reviewing books. It sounds so goofy, but like for the right person who's I kind of describe my target audience like this. They're mostly 18 to 34. It does stretch 34, maybe up through the rest of the ages, you know, Um, but primarily 18 to 34. 
Um, they're young professionals who know there's a difference between where they are and where they want to be. And they're using books to close that gap. And so what do we do? We put out a new book every single day and we just share, this is what this book is about. This is who it's for. Here's one of my favorite takeaways. Here's a little preview. And people use us as kind of like a book discovery mechanism. And so there are a bunch of ways that social media promotes content and you can get in front of other audiences. So I'm happy to like chat a little bit about that, but that's what we're doing is we're just putting out book reviews. So do you have a team that also obviously helps review books then, or are you kind of expected to do all that? So my business serves authors in a number of ways. The only way that I'm still connected is the book review. So I'm the only person on our team that's actively reviewing books, but we serve authors behind the scenes in a number of other ways. And my team does a lot of that reading. Um, so okay. I'm still connected to the audience, but like we serve a couple hundred authors a year. And a lot of those books I'm not reading, my team is reading. You're not going to see those probably on the book thinkers, social media channels anywhere. Uh, but that's kind of how that game is played. Okay. Is there, what genres do you tend to read and then share about? When I think of personal development, I think about books that can be read, reflected on, and implemented to improve somebody's life. And that might mean removing a problem or developing a skill or something in between, but personal development. So it does cover a wide variety of subjects. I have a lot of interests. Uh, it could be health. So I read a lot about fitness and mindset, diet, biohacking, sleep, all sorts of things like that. It could be about money. So business, personal finance, sales, marketing, communication, negotiation, or it could be about happiness. So I read a lot of philosophy, psychology, biographies, uh, just ways to enjoy life and improve my life. I read about relationships. I read about all sorts of things. So again, just books that can be read uh, and then implemented to improve. That's kind of my game. Have you read Aristotle? Yeah, I've read about Aristotle. So this year I read a book called, it was just called The History of Philosophy. And so in that book, there's some Aristotle. And just to give you an example of what I learned from Aristotle, Aristotle talked about this concept of eudonomia, which was basically the goodness of life. And it was broken down into four categories, health, wealth, happiness, and relationships, I think were the four. Health, wealth, happiness, and love maybe was the fourth one. And I love that concept of eudonomia, like the good life. Like you can live a good life if you are healthy, wealthy, happy, and you have good relationships or love or whatever it was called. So yeah, I've read some Aristotle, but not <laughs> anything written by him. In fact, I don't think there's much that's survived that was actually written by Aristotle, but there's a lot written about Aristotle. That's true. Yeah. So what are some big goals that you're looking to achieve in the next year or two? It's a good question. I've I've kind of hit a very strange point in my life where the future doesn't look so different than than the present moment, which I think is what we're all aiming for. Like <laughs> I used to set big goals and it was always very different than my current reality. And I, I think there's some benefit to doing that. But today, like I want more of the same. I want to be a little bit healthier, a little bit wealthier, 
a little bit happier, have a little bit of a better relationship, make a little bit more of an impact. But there's no major missing piece or anything like that, which again is the goal, right? To enjoy the passage of time, to live the good life, eudonomia, Aristotle. <laughs> so what what are some of my big goals? I mean, my book, Rise of the Reader, is launching here soon, November 1st. I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, that's that's a big focus of mine. I'd like to start to speak on stages a little bit more. I, I love when I get to do that. Uh, there are still some authors that I'd love to interview on my podcast that I haven't had a chance to meet yet. Thank them for writing their books. Uh, and then, yeah, my business is continuing to grow and expand in different ways. Like I, I think I mentioned, we have 10 people on my team now. And who knows, maybe it will be like a 25-person company in a few years or something like that. What was the best advice that you've ever received? When BookThinkers was still a small little side hustle, I wanted to make the jump into that into, into this business full-time. And I had a mentor tell me, don't jump off the cliff and try to build the parachute on the way down. He said, be patient, wait, build the parachute and then jump. And what he meant was that 95% of small businesses fail in the first five years because they run out of money. And if I had jumped when I wanted to jump, I would have run out of money. I would have given up on the business. It would have failed and I would have reverted back to a full-time job, which wouldn't have made me happy. So I'm so happy that he told me, Nick, like, be patient, slow and steady wins the race. No matter how many times you read Aesop's fable, the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise always wins. Like don't, don't run out of money. Don't jump without building a nest egg. So that's probably the best advice that I've ever received. What's the best advice you've ever given? Read more books. <laughs> implement more. <laughs> yeah. Read and implement more books, period. <laughs> what about you? What's the best advice you've ever you've ever given? That's a harder one to answer. I don't know. I just keep thinking to my kids right now. They're little and they're it's in that crazy stage. And you're like, <laughs> always be nice. I think that's a big one. It doesn't yeah. matter how they treat you. Just always be nice. I like that one. So, so I think it's really cool what you're doing and that you get to share aspects of books with people that they might not have otherwise come across. And I think it's really commendable that you're actually like implementing things that you're reading because so many of us or people, they're just consumers and they don't actually take that leap or it's, it's scary to take that leap to actually implement what they've learned. So I think that's really noble of you. Oh, thank you. Well, I just, I realized that life doesn't have to be so hard. Here's one way to put it. So many of us think that life has to be harder than it is. But the fact is about a hundred billion people have lived before us. Millions of them have written books and documented their biggest lessons and, and biggest takeaways from life and how they overcame obstacles. And thousands of those books are probably related to the same problem that you're dealing with today. And so I heard Jordan Peterson say this once. He said, if you're dealing with a problem on a daily basis over the next 30 years, so 30 times 365, you'll deal with it 11,000 times. 
So why not invest $20 mm-hmm. in a few hours of your time reading a book about how to overcome that problem, spend the next 100 days implementing it, and then for 10,900 days, be without that pain or problem. Like that's just how I operate these days. So yeah, I think books are the best cheat code ever. I mean, we kicked off talking about how they condense decades of lived experience into days of reading for a few dollars and a few hours of your time. And I just, I don't understand why more people don't use them because Mm -hmm. like we've been facing the same problems for thousands of years now. You mentioned Aristotle, like for 2000 years, people have thought about the same things and worried about the same things. And it's like some people figured it out. And then they documented it for us. And then we choose not to read about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Quit complaining then. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one too, is like this, this victim mindset. You know, it's, I just, there's no room for it in my life anymore. Because it's right? instead of I can't, it's like, how can I? You know, it's right? just little shifts like that. My grandpa always said, well, can't complain, won't do me any good anyway. <laughs> yeah, true. I like that. <laughs> So you have read all of these different views and concepts and stuff like that. And some of them must have conflicted with each other. How do you go about sorting that out? Yeah, there are, there are, and sometimes I seek that out, actually. I think if the the wider your perspective can be, the the more diverse your perspective can be, the better. I mean, I just pick and choose things that I think are relevant to my life, but I understand like other people's perspectives. So I'll give you an example. In the world of personal finance and and investing, there's kind of two camps. There's this Dave Ramsey approach of debt is terrible, never have debt. And then there's this Robert Kiyosaki approach of like debt is the best thing in the world and you should have tons of debt. And so I read both. And I kind of pick and choose like little things that I think will work for my personality and my understanding of the world at this time and implement them. So I've used techniques from both of those guys, even though like their their dedicated followers hate each other. And so (laughs) I just I mean, he's a little controversial sometimes for the for the wrong person. But Joe Rogan, as a podcaster, he will deliberately choose to interview two people with wildly different opinions back to back. And he just sits there unbiased, curious, like he just wants to understand what makes somebody, you know, so liberal or what's what makes somebody so, you know, conservative and just like wants to explore it. And I think that you could do the same thing with books. I I love reading different perspectives. And what a great way of having a better understanding and compassion for someone else being able to openly just sit there and hear what they have to say without judgment. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I appreciate you being with us today, Nick. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to talk about? Well, I'll just say this. If anybody in the audience is still convinced that the right book at the right time can't change your life, then read my book. And if you're (laughs) still not convinced, I'll refund you for it. I know that picking the right book can be tough. So If anybody wants a custom book recommendation from me, super simple, just DM me at bookthinkers on Instagram. Tell me about a problem you have. Tell me about a skill that you want to develop or something in between. Uh, I'll probably ask some follow-up questions, but I love to play like a book matchmaker role and introduce somebody to a book that can change their life. So that's available to anybody that wants it. Awesome. So you did leave us your Instagram handle. 
But where, within you can leave it again if you want, but where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? That's the best place to go at bookthinkers on Instagram. And then from there, there are some links in the bio to our website and the book and all sorts of things. Fun. Well, thank you very much for being with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for the conversation. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Have a great day. Yeah, you as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.